right, so I guess we're starting now. Here we are. Which means I need to sync up the sound, so hold on. High tech shit over here. High Look out. tech shit. Welcome to Learn About Tech Podcast. Yes, where we <laughs> teach you about tech. Now, this is a microphone, and mm-hmm. you talk into it, and it has some buttons, some windy things. Don't worry about the windy things. Mm-hmm. They'll fix themselves. Yep. And that's the end of our podcast. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for joining. <laughs> I hope this has been insightful. Um, all right. So welcome. Welcome. To Corn on the Macabre. I'm Katie Adkins. I'm Kelly. Welcome to episode three. We, Haunted houses. Yep. We're going to talk about creepy places where people live. Yep. Also Just known as homes. Creepy shit. Yeah. Because yeah. honestly, the most entertaining haunted house story are actual haunted house stories. Yes. So yes. people always claim haunted houses are hoaxes anyways. I mean some of them are. Some then of them are. You just don't have solid proof either way. So I say have fun with it. Fick it. Let's visit it. find out. We'll stay the night. Um, but not in an asylum because that's where I will not go. Fair. But first things first, I just wanted to I guess give like a shout out to Victor who literally sent us a photo of a silo after upon request yeah. from episode one. We We told someone to help us with silo science and he literally sent us a diagram. He literally so. sent us both a diagram. Thank of you, what Victor. A, of what a silo looks like. So now we know what a silo looks like on the inside. We're silo scientists now. Confirm that story they went underground. They did. They, they did. did go they had to have. Because the diagram of the silo said so. The diagram said so, and so it is fact now. I also like how I keep getting responses from people where they're just like, lol, hot goth farm girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which makes me kind of wish, like, I kind of want to, like... I kind of want to dress up like one. I want to dress up like one, number one. Yeah. I want to be... Uh, with a piece of corn in my mouth. Yeah, obviously. I want yeah. a corn on the cob. Yeah. But, like, with blood on it instead of butter. Oh, God. Because it's macabre. I also kind of thought, I kind of want to commission someone to, like, make a cute little sticker or something of us yeah. as hot goth farm girls. Stickers could be fun. Stickers could are always fun. fun. And even if it's just for me and no one wants them, I don't care. I want it. It's my own vanity project. <laughs> well, uh, I also want to start off the show with an apology. Oh. I went back and I listened to episode two and I said, Jesus Jesus Christ, or Jesus fuck, at least, like, 20 times. <laughs> Jesus fuck. That. And I don't, I did not realize I do it so much. I'm gonna work on it, but I'm sorry you had to hear me talk about him so much. This isn't his place. I know that. So, working on it. I did not realize you did that. I did it a lot. And I edited the sound. I didn't even realize. I also realized I really need to learn how to enunciate my words, because... How about I say sounds like this sometimes? Like, um, like yeah. I have no idea what I'm saying. Your brain gets ahead of your mouth. Yeah. Absolutely. My brain does get ahead of my mouth. Yeah. And I also noticed sometimes I'll say a sentence and leave words out because my brain is ahead of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I need to work on that. This is a learning experience. This is, this is us learning a lot about ourselves instead of you learning about horror. Absolutely. That's what this. Honestly, we just started this so we could learn about our own speech patterns. There we go. And that we talk over each other a lot, and it's just how we are. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 Confirmed. All right. So, do we want to get started on this spooky haunted places? Yes, haunted houses. And 
Can we also talk about how Sammy's house is totally haunted? I was thinking that. Sammy's house is totally haunted. Sorry, Sammy, if you're watching this, your house is fucking haunted. For anybody who doesn't know Sammy, she's a good friend of ours, uh, and her house is totally haunted. It's fucking haunted. Okay, how we know this is because we were really dumbasses on Halloween, and we're like, you know what would be fun? A seance! Playing with a Ouija board inside someone's house (laughs) Mm -hmm. right after she said... She saw a shadow person pass her shower. No, that was after. No, that was before. That's why. Oh, she didn't tell me till after. Yeah, that's why we did it is because she wanted confirmation her house was not haunted. So if we played the Ouija board and nothing happened, then she would feel better. Unfortunately, things did happen. It went back. It backfired. Also, like, if you need any confirmation of it, there's literally names written in on the wall in the basement that are just crossed out. Well, those are pet names, I thought. Uh-huh. I'm sure. I didn't go. I'll go back and look. They still haven't they, covered there's, it. There's some that look like pets' names, I guess. I don't know. I, for me, it was like, I thought they said, like, Jesse or Charlie or something like that. And I was like, those could go either way. That could go either way. I don't know. Okay, so I feel like we need to bring you up to speed on this house. Our friends bought this house, like... A year ago? Less than a year ago? Yes. I think it was Less about... Than a year. Yeah, Less than a year. Something like that. Anyways, they bought this house full well knowing there is a cat cemetery in the backyard. They literally have a pet cemetery in the backyard. I was like, have you not read or seen or heard of pet cemetery? Number one. Number two. In the basement, they ripped up the carpet and there's a bunch of creepy children's drawings on the concrete and it has a list, there's this list of names written on the concrete with, like, lines going through them. And then a really creepy kid's drawing of a naked woman. Mm. And uh, that's enough for me to say no. Also, there's a room in the basement. That room, yes. That literally, if I walk into it, I freak out and walk right the hell out. It's a really... It's, it's just this ominous feeling. Like, you just walk into it and you're like, ooh, I don't want to be in here. It's a really cold room, too. It has no purpose, I guess, outside of storage. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically, the basement overall is creepy. Honestly, I would not want to be in that house by myself. Yeah. Like, ever. Yeah. It's too, it's, like, beautiful, but it's also too big for me personally, because I would be like, y'all can hide everywhere. The layout of the house, yes, every corner you turn, there could be something. Mm -hmm. There's too many corners to turn. Mm -mm. Which actually uh, ties into my story tonight. Ooh. Yeah. You want to go into – you want to go first this time? I will go first this time. Because I went first both times. Both times. Let's do this. Let's just talk like this all the time. Let's just talk like this the whole podcast so we have no listeners and nobody likes us. (laughs) Um. (laughs) 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 All right. So – Speak about big houses. I'm going to tell you about the Winchester house. Have you ever heard of it? I. It sounds vaguely familiar. Um, all it makes me think of is supernatural, and like maybe that's what the Winchester brothers were named after. Okay. Like they, um, maybe maybe they came up with that last name through spooky stories like this. I don't know. I mean, potentially. It's a. It's it's a crazy ride, guys. And now I. I'm honestly. I've wanted to go to California before, but now I want to go more than ever in my life. So. Wait, where is it? California. Oh, yeah, I'll totally go. San Jose. All right, yeah, sounds fun. Let's road trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Winchester House, it's called the Winchester Mystery House. Now it's kind of a landmark. People can go in and, like, there's tours and stuff of this place because it's fucking buck wild. 
Um, <clears throat> it was made by Sarah Winchester, who uh, in, let's see, she was, either she was born in 1839 or she met her husband in 1839. Um, but she was just like this well-to-do, beautiful, like well-liked woman who basically everybody would want to marry. Like she was top pickings, basically. Um, and she ended up getting married to William Winchester, who was the inventor of the Winchester rifle. And the Winchester rifle. So he's like loaded. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So is the Winchester house actually the Winchester mansion? It is the Winchester mansion. Okay, okay. Yeah, I should have I should have clarified. It's okay. the Winchester fucking mansion. <laughs> and well, it's, I don't even know if it falls in, it's like bigger than a man. Uh, we'll go, we'll get An there. An estate. It's, an, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of things. Um, so she married William Winchester, who um, his family was like the Winchester family and they had produced guns before but they had like issues with ammo and whatever but William Winchester basically created this ammo and this gun that was like you it said uh loaded on Sunday and it lasts you all week it's a gun that was so prominent that they say it's the one it's the Winchester that won the west William Winchester invented this gun it was crazy popular the government like bought a shit ton of them for, to like uh give it to its troops also, people wanted it for private use, like for hunting and what have you. So, I mean, it was getting bought by everyone. It was like the most sought after gun on the market. And so you can go ahead and like figure out just how many people it fucking killed. It, uh, spoiler alert, it was a fuck ton. <laughs> a lot of people died because of this rifle. Um, so William Winchester and Sarah had a baby girl. And unfortunately, at an extremely young age, like she was still an infant, I think she was only a couple weeks old, and um, she died, but it was not a normal death. Like they, they, the disease she had was some sort of protein deficiency, but they couldn't exactly lock it down. Like the whole thing was just really weird. Nobody had really heard of it. The reason she passed away is because nobody really knew how to deal with it. It was kind of like this mysterious illness that, like, just hit her out of nowhere, and then she was gone. So, of course, Sarah is, like, an extreme mourning. You know, William is trying to help her get through it. They're helping each other out. And then William ends up um, contracting tuberculosis. Who knew? Mm-hmm. And that's, like, only... I think it was it was less than a couple years apart that this happened. So this poor woman, you know... She had, like, her whole life ahead of her. They were extremely wealthy. She loses her daughter, and then she loses her husband. And, you know, it said that she kind of lost a little bit of her psyche at that point. I would, too. Plus, they didn't even have, like, cable back then or mm-hmm. Netflix. Like, what the fuck are you supposed to do? <laughs> they don't have cable or Netflix. What do you do when your spouse and child dies? And you I know. don't have Netflix. <laughs> I mean, you don't have anything to keep your mind off it. I guess you got books. Well, so what she did was, because um, when he passed away, he left his entire fortune to her, Woo! which was $20 million. Find you a man who, <laughs> dang. It's $20 million. Go ahead and, like, calculate the inflation there. I think it's, like, you multiply it by 20 or whatever. <gasps> yeah. She got a shit ton of money. And then on top of that, because she uh, he got, she got, like, all the shares in the company as well. And so she was getting um, $1,000 a day. Which, again, go ahead and multiply that by 20. So she has, like, basically $40 million, like, our time and 
20000 a day to spend. She's not, like, part of the 1%. She is the she 1%. Is the she 1%. is she the 1%. She owns the 1%. Jesus Christ. Yeah. She was fucking loaded. And so um, she traveled the world. It said that she, like, interacted with, like, Freemasons and, like, just went to all these different parts of the country. And she's just very smart, but obviously, like, still grieving, still going through, like, severe mourning so at this point, she decides to uh, go to a spiritualist because that was something that was pretty normal at the time. It was something that, like, Abe Lincoln's wife did when their uh, child passed away. Um, it was even said that, like, Abe Lincoln – it's not confirmed or anything, but it was said that, like, Abe Lincoln went to some of these um, spiritualist sessions with her um, when it was going on. Calcifer! <laughs> Sorry, my cat is – The clumsiest of boys. The clumsiest right, of boys. Oh, God. All right. Well, we're good now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she sought out a spiritualist to help deal with her grief. Um, the spiritualist gave her this fucking gem. She was like, so the reason that you're going through all this trouble is there are spirits that want vengeance on you because your family is responsible for the gun that killed them. So they're saying, like, the reason her daughter died is because of these evil spirits. Um, the reason that her husband died is because of these spirits. And that she needs to, like, appease them, but also, like, keep them the fuck away from her. So she tells her that she needs to build a house that will simultaneously, like, appease spirits while also keeping them the fuck away. And she also told her, if you ever stop building this house, like, the spirits will get you. So you have to constantly be building this house. So Sarah, taking this advice, um, she moves the fuck out west because they were from, um, let's see, what was it? New Haven. New Haven, Connecticut, originally. Um, and so she just picks up, goes west, um, lands in San Jose, California. I think it was called something different at the time, something Clarita. Anyway. But she buys a house from a farmer that was, like, an eight-bedroom home with, like, a shit ton of land. Um, And she starts building on it. (laughs) So the construction on this house lasted 38 years. And it was, like, an all-day, all-night, seven days a week kind of thing. And she was paying contractors, like, double what they would normally get for anything else. Like, she just, you know, but they had to follow her rules. Like, they had to do anything and everything that she said. And if they ever, like, tried to talk back to her, she's just like, um, I fucking own you. I own you. I own the 1%. I own every fucking thing. Don't talk to me like this. (laughs) I get it my way or you get the fuck out. And, of course, there's, like, a line of people who are just, like, waiting to take that job from them because she's paying, like, significantly more than what they would get for doing more work you know or well i guess less because this one is a fucking doozy so in the building of this house she added a lot of crazy shit and it was said that um every night well she had a bell installed so it would ring at midnight and at midnight she would go into her seance room and she would stay there till 2 a.m communing with the spirits And they would tell her, like, what was the next stage in the house, like, what was needed. And um, there is all sorts of crazy shit in the Winchester house. There are stairs that lead straight into the ceiling. Like, they just stop at the ceiling. There's no door or anything. It just goes 
right into them. Um, there's doors where um, if you open it up, it's a straight drop, like two floors down. There's rooms where it's like a normal sized door, but you open it and it's like a super tiny room that you have to like crawl through to get to. There's rooms with like super tiny doors that you have to crawl to get through, but they lead into a massive room, which also has another door that looks like it might be a closet, but you open that up and it's another entirely huge room. She didn't have, she had, okay, let's go into the stuff she did have before we go into the stuff that she didn't. Uh, she had, let's see, it was a seven-story house. This is hella reminding me of, what's his name, like, H.H. Holmes' hotel or whatever? The, like, the torture hotel? Oh, I don't know. (gasps) Okay, well, this is... Maybe we should do hotels and... Yeah, we should do a hotel theme so I can talk about it. But yeah, no, I'm sorry, you continue. All right, so this house was seven stories tall in its prime. 47 fireplaces, 47 chimneys. They had 28 skylights which real interesting this one so she would put skylights on like the first floor and like in the ceiling and then the second floor it would just be like a wall so you're not like looking up to the sky you're like literally looking into the floor above you you know she had skylight upon skylight upon skylight that eventually reached you know the actual ceiling she had balconies like there was ways of getting around this house where like you have to go out a balcony crawl across the roof and go through another balcony to like be able to reach whatever room it is that you need to reach okay this reminds me of that fucking house in amnesia <laughs> that house like the whole time i was playing it i was like who the fuck built this <laughs> maybe it was based off that maybe I mean, um it was 161 rooms so she like built it up seven stories and then there was an earthquake she got trapped inside one of the rooms and they like could not get to her for like a couple days and so when they finally did get her out, you know, she had lost three stories of the house. So it was four stories now. And she was like, well, fuck building up because if an earthquake earthquake comes, then I'm screwed. <laughs> so and we don't want that happening again. So she started building outwards. So there's just like um, there's two basements. There's just so much stuff like <laughs> you could just go on forever um, about all the shit that's in this place. So is it now currently four stories or is it still seven stories? No, it's four. Okay, so it used to be seven. It used to be seven. Seven in its prime. Okay, and three floors collapsed mm-hmm. during the earthquake, fixed it, and then rebuilt out. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so it's a massive house and there is no blueprint for it whatsoever. Like there still isn't. So, um, I don't think there ever was mm-hmm. based off of how it sounds. Yeah, she basically was just like, This is my concept, do this. And then contractors were, would even say, like, You know, you really shouldn't do this. And she's like, Get the fuck out. And then she hired someone else. <laughs> I need a spooky crawl space room. Mm-hmm. I need a room. That isn't a room. It's just a drop to kill people with. Yeah. So, like, you can't just run around this house, which is also part of the interesting thing. So, it was said at the time that um, ghosts don't like mirrors. Spirits don't like mirrors. Yes. That is a very common thing, actually. That's also why in feng shui, you should always keep a mirror in front of your front door so it reflects evil spirits out of your house. Huh. When you enter the home. I'd be down for that. We should do that thing. Oh, we do kind of do that thing. Do kind of, but there also isn't. Yeah, we have the cabinet that has yeah. the mirror. Yeah. Look at us go. Look at we us didn't go. even know. Feng shui. <laughs> Saving us from evil spirits. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know it. All right. So, yeah. Didn't like mirrors. So, she was like, okay, two mirrors in the whole house. So, it's kind of to appease them. 
Um, also, the whole going in at midnight, talking to them till two to figure out what it is that they want in the house was like another way of appeasing them. And she wasn't like she wasn't this crazy lady either. Like, you know, obviously, like there's some kind of psychosis thing going on, or at least it's said that it was a psychosis. She could very well have been haunted by spirits and actually had interactions with them. We don't fucking know. But, you know, it's basically thought that her psyche was broken from all the grief. But she was still, like, this incredibly smart woman. Like, she was the first person to have elevators in her house. One was even run by electricity. Like, two of them are run by hydraulics. She had three elevators. Two run by hydraulics, one by, uh, run by electricity, which was just unheard of at the time. Um, another thing she did that nobody else had done at the time was insulating her house. Like, she put wool in between the... Um, walls in her home to like protect from the weather which nobody had thought to do up till this point she also had like a hot water heater that nobody else had at the time it was just completely innovative and then there was um you know she even had a patent on an item or she there's nothing confirming it like you can't prove it but she said she had a patent on an item that basically made it really easy to clean stuff hmm. um it was like a washboard <clears throat> with like the grate built in huh so, yeah, she was, like, crazy smart and extremely innovative, just like her husband was. Interesting. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is one of the things I really like about the story because it's, like, you know, there's crazy people who do crazy shit for crazy reasons. But then there's, like, these people where it's, like, you're really smart. Like, maybe they're onto something. Maybe there is something happening here, you know, which I, is simultaneously very interesting and also kind of horrifying. <laughs> Yes, actually. The thing is, to me, she just, she sounds like just a super rich, cautious person. Mm -hmm. Like, if you have the money and means to, it's like, might as well. Yeah. Or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and on top of that, there was stuff built into the house that was actually, like, really useful. It wasn't all, like, it wasn't nothing but crazy shit, you know? There were stairs. She had really bad arthritis, so it was really hard for her to go upstairs. That's probably why she got the elevators. Well, yeah. And then she had little tiny stairs put in that, like, go back and forth to, like, get her to the location because she couldn't pick up her legs that well. So they were, like, you – basically something that would normally take you, like, five steps to get to took you, like, a hundred because of these tiny little stairs that she had built in. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But it's thought that she put them there for arthritis reasons and not just to – be weird. weird. Um, but the other thing, so we've talked about how she tried to appease them. The other side of that is she was fucking terrified of them. Because, I mean, she's been told that, like, they killed her family and they're coming for her, too. So, of course, she, that's scary for anybody. Yeah. Um, so part of the reason why all these rooms were built the way they were and all these stairs are going off in crazy directions is to keep them from getting to her, like, to confuse the spirit so they couldn't oh. find her. That makes a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. And she would, it said that she slept in like multiple rooms. Like she would switch what room she slept in like each night so that they wouldn't be able to find her. I mean, when you have 106 rooms, like mm -hmm. you might as well. 161. Use, I'm sorry, 161 rooms. You might as well try and use all of them. Yeah. Did she ever say she had actual like interactions with spirits? So. That part's kind of up for de debate because the people who said that she did this, that she communed with the spirits, were the people who were on the crew that, like, worked there, um, you know, and they said that she would go into her, like, seance chamber and commune with the spirits. But it, it was known for a fact that she went into this room at midnight and she left at 2 a.m. She would come out with, like, it, like, she would go into the kitchen, pull out some butcher paper, go into that room at midnight, and then draw out, like, a blueprint for what they were going to work on the next day and give it to the carpenter. 
you know, that's how that went. (laughs) Interesting. So I imagine at some point they were just like, where are you getting this from? And she probably said something about spirits. That's, but that's completely just speculation. This is what the spirits want, but also what I want so they can't find me. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh. So now I can get into some spooky stuff. Ooh, okay. If you guys are interested in that, because that's what this podcast, 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 this podcast is about. Yeah. Um. So the people who worked there said that, uh, and it was like the crews, the carpenters, and all the stuff, like the workmen who are working on the house, said over and over and over again, like this was a repeated story from multiple different sources that didn't have interactions with each other, that there was a man in the basement with, like, a wheelbarrow walking around in there. And it was an area where nobody was supposed to be that Sarah Winchester did not want anyone in. She did not want anybody coming near that basement. But it was just a man walking around with, like, a wheelbarrow. They found a photo of this man, and it was, like, a worker who had died while building the house. He was just roaming around in the basement. Well, if that house wasn't haunted before, it's haunted now. Yeah. A couple other ghost stories that I thought were kind of cool. Um, There's one that was kind of about, like, a good spirit. So as it is now, it's a museum. You can go visit it. You can tour it. You can see all the crazy shit that's in that house. And, like, parts of it are roped off, obviously. But for the most part, you get to see this insane collection of rooms and all this stuff. So one of the tour guides who was working there, um, I believe she was on cleaning duty, but she had to go that route that I told you about where she goes out on the balcony, crosses some of the roof, goes into another balcony, and then crawls through to get to another room. But while she was going across the roof, she slipped. And luckily she was able to catch herself and she was able to get over into the other balcony and she just kind of like put her hand on the wall and was like collecting herself because obviously you're shaking. Like you're probably going to piss your pants if you're about to fall off a fucking roof of a four-story house. Um... And she says, like, she swears that she heard a voice right next to her ear saying, are you okay? And so she knew the history of the house. Like, she had been there. She had been a tour guide for a while. So she was just like, uh, yes, I'm okay. And then, like, a couple minutes later, it was like, if you need help, you'd only need to ask. Did Sarah die in the house? Yeah. Okay. It's probably Sarah. I mean, it could have been any of the spirits, because, I mean, if she's appeasing them and she's talking to them and stuff, it could have been, like, good spirits, too. Yeah, unless, like, there weren't any spirits, but there are now. True. Very true. Which is another thing, is a lot of people uh, say that they've noticed workers, like, spirit ghosts of workers are in the house, but not necessarily, like... Evil spirits who are going to come kill your family. Yes. Right. So another one, this one is spooky, uh... Another person who was working at the house was dressed as Sarah Winchester in her favorite room. Um, so, like, people walk by and she, like, has the veil and the um, the black dress. And she's, like, dressed up in, like, Victorian era clothing and stuff. So people can, like, come and see her and, like, see her working in her room and all this stuff. It's, like, it's just a spectacle. The tour had left. There wasn't one coming back. But she kept hearing cabinets opening and closing in the next room. And it was interesting to her. Because the cabinets in this room were basically extremely hard to open. Like, they were very hard to open cabinets and very hard to close. Because I guess the years were not kind or or they were built that way. Anyway, so she hears them opening and closing and she decides to go check and, like, see if somebody's messing around in a room that they shouldn't be. She walks in there. All the cabinets are open. Just like we talked about last time on Flippin'. The yeah. sixth sense, no. Yeah. Uh, also, I have I don't know. 
if you notice this. But why is the cabinet above our laundry always open? I'm always closing it. Honestly, negligence. You think? Yeah, because I open okay. it for supplies, and then I probably don't close it all the way. It's probably me. I'm your ghost. I'm always closing it. I'm always like, why is this open? Okay. It's me. Yeah. All right. So there was one that I do remember where it was a woman who was giving tours. And during one of the, at the end of her shift, she sees a little boy like running around and going into like the roped off areas. And so of course she like runs down to her boss and she's just like, um, there's a kid who's lost and we probably need to go find him. Like he's going to get lost forever in this house. Um, they're just like, there's no way that there's a kid trapped in here, you know, like number one, no parents have come looking for him. That's like a big giveaway right there. So that, but they looked around for a little bit, couldn't find anything. A couple weeks later, her and a coworker were on the cleaning shift, like they're late at night and they're walking around cleaning portraits, blah, blah, blah. And she looks at one of the paintings and her face or one of the portraits and her face goes totally white. She goes, oh my God, that's him. Her coworker was like, what are you talking about? That's who? She's like, that's a little boy. That's the lost little boy that I saw running around the house. And it was a boy that had died way back in like 1890s. Who was he though? Why was there a portrait of him? Uh, he, I think he was the children of one of the workers, if I'm remembering correctly. Huh, Again, I didn't they just save let their one. kids run, a, run about the mansion. I mean, they were working there like all hours of the day. So I, I guess, guess it makes sense yeah. that... You know, their kids came to work with them from time to time. And the workers would put up portraits of them? I don't know if the workers did it or if it was something that came later. Like, maybe it was a portrait that was just taken with the whole crew and it got put up much later in life. Like, while it was a museum. I can't imagine she put up pictures of the workers in her house. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, what? I mean, I guess unless she became very close with them. Like, family. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she did with some of them. But, no, I doubt that's the case. Okay. So, two more ghost stories I have for you. A man who was working at one of the restoration projects. And this was only a few years ago. It was a section with a lot of fireplaces. Like, there was a room that had, like, I think it was two or three fireplaces in it. Everybody thought that was crazy, but it also could have just been the room that, like, conserved heat the most, and it helped her with her arthritis. So, who knows? But uh, he was working on it and had to go up on a ladder to fix something. So, before he goes up on the ladder, he feels someone tap his shoulder. (gasps) No! And he turns around, doesn't see anybody, assumes, you know... His mind was playing tricks on him or whatever. So he went back to his work, and as he's on the ladder, something starts pushing against his back. And uh, he was like, nope, I'm done. (laughs) And so he got down off that ladder and, like, ran the hell away. Just, like, absolutely not not doing that. So um, that's another story that was recent. And then another one from one of the tour guides. They, she led, uh, her name was Samantha. She led visitors to a room called the Daisy Bedroom where Winchester was trapped during the earthquake. She was about to begin her spiel to her tour group uh, when a very clear sigh came from the small hallway outside the bedroom. So she was thought that one of the guests had just fallen behind. She went to go call the person back in. When she walked down the hallway, the only thing she saw was like a shadowy figure, like kind of pacing in the corner but it was just like a small shadow um and then she turned around to leave and heard another sigh coming from that spot and just dipped (laughs) bye bye Bye. getting out but she believed that it was uh sarah winchester because 
that was a room that she did not want people in. And now there's like tour groups going through it. So I guess it would follow suit that she wouldn't be happy about that. Holy shit, dog. Yeah. That's the that's the Winchester house. And oh we God. can go fucking visit it. And I really, really want to. I think it's yeah. like twenty bucks for a ticket. Dude, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would totally go see that. Um <clears throat> Yeah, so I have Amityville house, which, like, I thought I knew about the house, and then I looked into it, and I was like, just fucking kidding. I do not know about this house. Yeah, dude. Because the movies are not accurate to the story that was told and the story of what happened to the family that died in the house Mm -hmm. and then the family that lived after that. So, in 1974, 23-year-old Ronald J. DeFro. DeFiro. Defi- oh, I totally spelled that wrong. It's DeFio. <laughs> Let me start that over. <laughs> In 1974, 23-year-old Ronald J. DeFio Jr. murdered his entire family in cold blood. His parents and his four siblings. How these murders happened is rather an odd mystery in and of itself. They were all shot in their beds by a 35 caliber rifle, but none of the neighbors heard any of the gunshots, which is super bizarre because normally this gun would have been heard from five blocks away. The lawyers actually conducted an experiment of that to see. Uh, the only thing the neighbors did hear, though, is the dogs barking. The dogs barking uh, confirmed multiple neighbors heard that, which is bizarre because the dog barking would not nearly have been as loud as the gunshots. Mm-hmm. You'd also think that... With gunshots going off in the house, the other family members would have gotten up to try to escape or hide or anything, but there was absolutely no evidence of escape. They all just died lying in their beds, unmoved. They were all in the same position. They were all, like, belly down, which I did not realize at all. I didn't know any of this detail at all before. All I ever had heard about was the haunting later. Yeah. A lot of people just don't know but yeah that happened before but yeah so the cops assumed that the bodies were shot and then moved to their beds in that position but the autopsy reports were like nah dog like those bodies were found where they died so that's fucking weird do 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 none of them had attempted to escape and also all the toxicology reports say that none of them had any drugs in their system so it's not like they were all drugged out and that's why they didn't get up and move or hear the gunshots or anything right they were all sober and just in their beds so ron defio the murderer his story never stayed consistent on what happened he kept changing it so he first tried to blame a specific mobster but that specific dude in the mob had like a very strong alibi like he wasn't even in town years later defio claimed that voices made him do it And his defense in court claimed that he had dissociative disorder, which means he would have experienced the murders as if he was outside of his own body or, like, watching it happen. Mm -hmm. But the prosecutor's psychologist successfully argued that he actually has antisocial personality disorder, like a sociopath, Mm -hmm. uh, which means he would have known exactly what he was doing and fully aware of all of his actions. Not to mention, he was a spoiled little brat kid. I, I don't know if you saw that part, but, like, he was acting out constantly, like... He was. I did see that. He yeah. was always fighting, like, with his dad yeah. and his family. Well, I think they said, like, he when he was growing up, like, his dad was a little bit abusive. Yeah. And so he, His like, dad was abusive. Yeah. And so he grew up, like, being a bully and being, like, really bad and, like, 
horrible behavior. And so his family decided to deal with it by, like, giving him a bunch of shit. Like, they gave him a boat. They gave him a car. They just gave him money, like, regularly. Yeah. So he was just a little, like, entitled, privileged little shit. Right. But also, I didn't want to go too, too, too into his history because I mostly just wanted to focus on, like, the hauntings of the house. Oh, yeah, that's fair. If that makes sense. And just whatever. But a lot of the story is the murder of what happened Mm -hmm. that sets up everything else. After the court decided that he actually had antisocial personality disorder, they were like, that side wins. We're imprisoning him regardless. We're not buying this dissociative uh, disorder thing. And then later in life, he claimed that his mother and sister actually killed their family in a murder-suicide. He claimed that the sister murdered... No, it was like, yeah. It was a sister. It was, yeah. it was, no, she, the mom murdered the father and then the sister murdered their mother and everyone else and then killed herself, mm-hmm. but left Ronald alive for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then a few years after that, he said his sister killed the family and then that he killed his sister. Mm-hmm. So his story never stayed consistent on what the fuck was happening. So a year after this huge murder, Mm-hmm. The Lutz family moved into the home, and that's when all of the stories of the famous hauntings began. And many believe their story is a hoax, but for those who don't want to believe that, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> also interesting fact, for an extra small fee, they could also purchase all the furniture in the house that belonged to the Defoe's, so they did. Mm-hmm. Meaning they own their beds. Like, yeah. God, can you imagine? They got rid of the mattresses, but they kept the bed frames. yeah. I mean, it had to be, like, a really irresistible offer, like, on a large house and then, like, it was all the furniture. It was $400. Yeah. But the house itself was, like, 80000 I want to say. Something like that. Vastly undersold. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but yeah, so they're like, for an extra price, you can get all this furniture. And they were like, fuck it. We don't care that a, a mass murder happened in this house. Like, let's use their stuff. Well, some people just don't believe in that bad voodoo shit or bad well, juju. Well, a lot bad of voodoo. people <laughs> speculate and believe that uh, part of the hauntings is due to the fact that they kept their belongings and used them. You know, that it like. That would piss me off too. Riled them up a bit. Don't touch my things. Don't but it wasn't. But it wasn't like all of their stuff. It was like certain furniture sets, you know, like dining room and like chairs and whatever. The bed part just freaks me out. Why would yeah. you want to use that? Whatever. You must be desperate. I fucking guess. Oh, that is something that um, Defoe's lawyer said about them is that they did have money struggles. Mm. But still, the whole thing is kind of crazy. So blue. Sorry, I need to like catch up to where I was. So upon moving in, they had a priest bless the house, and during his blessing of the house, the priest said that when he walked into a certain room, he heard a voice telling him, get out, and then he was slapped by an invisible entity. Mm, Which is included in the movies. That part is included in the movies. That part is also included in literally every telling I have ever read of this so far. A lot of other stuff varies, like things that weren't listed in a lot of stuff that that were in the movie was like the clusters of flies, even during wintertime. Yeah. There's other stuff, but I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Mm-hmm. But yes. And so he told them to not ever sleep or go in that room. I don't know if they did, but the priest was like, just 
stay out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Um, Solid advice. Thanks, dude. Also really bizarre. Uh, so George Lutz, the stepfather, found himself waking up at 3.15 a.m. every night, which is the same time the Defoe family was murdered. The wife, Kathy, was having vivid nightmares of the previous family's tragedy and would experience in extreme detail where the bullets went in and out of Mrs. Defoe's body and could determine the order of death of everyone in the house. Wow. They consulted with the uh, with Defoe's attorney, the one who's in prison, Ronald. They right. consulted with Ronald's attorney for confirmation because they were super freaked out. And he confirmed that all of her visions were accurate to what happened and the time of death as well. Because they didn't know any of that. Because none of this info was ever published or leaked to the public. Jesus. Like at all. That part, I was like, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Hauntings they experience that are told everywhere. Strange odor smells. I'm assuming sulfur. Green slime oozing out of walls and keyholes. Which just sounds that's gross, bizarre, and weird. Uh, experiencing cold spots in certain areas of the house, a nearby garage door opening and closing, an invisible spirit knocking a knife down in the kitchen, and this one's a huge famous one that I'm pretty sure is also in the movies. A pig-like creature with red eyes staring down at George Lutz and his son Daniel from a window. Oof. And George waking up to wife Kathy levitating off of her bed. And their sons, Daniel and Christopher, also levitating together in their beds. Well. Well. How long were they there? 28 days. Too long. They did not last very long. <laughs> they it was they very the short. They got the fuck out of there. Um, so Defoe's lawyer swears that they're making this up to make money because they sold the story to a publisher who published a book mm-hmm. and it became famous. But both George and Kathy took a lie detector test and passed. Right. Also, their son, who was nine at the time, the younger one, yeah, swears like to this day that everything that happened in that house is true and it's ruined his life, and he still has nightmares and is traumatized by the experience. Wow. The older brother says that the haunting was real, but that their stepfather George just exaggerated. Oh, so it's kind of up for who you talk to in the family. But at the same time, I was thinking that about the older brother, and I was like, that kind of reminds me of the haunting of Hill House. I was just about to say that. Where I was like the older brother, the oldest brother is like in denial. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if that's where they got it from. Yeah. Because the younger brother is like, this ruined my whole fucking life. Yeah. Like, I am traumatized by the experience. It sounds like one of the plot lines from Haunting of Hill House. Also. 100%. Yeah, they only lasted 28 days in the house before they left. And then several weeks after they left the house, investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren took a photo in the house because they went and investigated it. I love Ed and Lorraine. There's actually the photo they took in the house is the now famous photo known as demonic boy photograph. If you Google demonic boy photograph, that is a photograph they took in the house when no one was in the house. Or no children were in the house, excuse me. There were other people in the house. Um, photographic evidence and stuff like that. People don't necessarily use that as proof of hauntings because so many have been faked since literally the 1860s when people realized due to overexposure you can fake that kind of stuff. Right. So that's up for you to determine. Honestly, I like having a little bit of fantasy in my life. I like I lean towards believing it. That way it keeps me safe. Anyways, I got another story, bonus story, because why the fuck not? All right, go for it. The Sally House, which is something you know nothing about. Right. So maybe 
it's more entertaining for you. Because honestly, that's I honestly didn't know that too much about, like, the Lutz, like, actual experience, so. Yeah, the Lutz's experience, I, what's funny is I knew nothing about the actual murder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I knew more about the haunting itself. Yeah, well, I didn't know much about the actual murder either. Like, I I, I guess I, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. It's okay. <laughs> but, um, but when I heard about the murder, I was like, oh, that, like, this yeah. haunting actually makes more sense The haunting now. makes, like, way more sense. Yeah. Okay, so the thing about the Sally house is that Basically, the house gained popularity in 1994 when Tony and Deborah Pickman moved in and uh, a spirit was repeatedly attacking Tony and leaving scratches all over his body. There's a bunch of images and video of it because they contacted the TV show at the time sightings to record all of it. And then the crew and investigators of the show were attacked by the spirit while investigating it. So that's fun. That was wild. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Um, but the spirit mostly attacks Tony and a lot of people. Well, not a lot. People are very 50-50 about the house. Like whether it's like super haunted and attacking Tony or if he's like making it up for attention. Why is it called the Sally House? I was wondering that. Why is it called the Sally House, you ask? Oh, well, let me tell you. So there's multiple spirits in the house. No one truly knows the origin of any of them. Uh, some people believe the house was built on Indian burial ground. Some people have this other story about a little girl supposedly named Sally. They got the name Sally from one of the previous owner's daughters. So hmm. the Pickmans owned the house in the 90s. The owners right before them had a young daughter with an imaginary friend named Sally. And uh, when she tried to describe the girl... Basically, at one point in time, Tony uh, saw the ghost, Sally, who is nice and doesn't attack anybody, apparently, and he sketched a picture of it, showed it to the previous owner's daughter, and she was like, that's Sally. Like, that's my imaginary friend. Hmm. Right? Hmm. Interesting. Curious. The legend, curious. The legend behind Sally, two different stories. They're both very, very similar, though. First one is that a little girl died during a botched appendicitis surgery. The Finneys, who are the mm-hmm. people who built the house, I believe. Yes, they built the house and they owned the house for, like, ever. One of the guys who lived there was a doctor. This woman brought her daughter to the house and the daughter was, like... Honestly needed to go to the hospital, but for some reason, the guy was like, no, we'll do the surgery here. And it was like a totally botched mess. And she died on the table. Some people also say that he didn't even use painkillers and that she felt all of the pain. So the other take on it is that the mother ended up attacking him because of this. And he ended up killing the mom in self-defense. It said that the mother's ghost and then Sally's ghost haunt the house, but the mom attacks men because she hates men so much, and Sally is... Because they did that to her little girl. And Sally's scared of grown men, so she won't interact with them. Like, she'll talk to women and, like, play with children. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, dog. (laughs) Maybe this one is more interesting than I realized. (laughs) So, no families stay very long in the house due to the attacks, uh, mostly on men, but none were as bad as they were on Tony Pickman, which kind of makes me wonder about Tony Pickman, yeah. huh? Like, you That's kind of what I was thinking. You like, sound kind of sketch, bro. They didn't have any children. It was just the couple living there, and they were renting it. They didn't own the house, so they just kind of, like, fucking left. Hmm. <laughs> 
that's where that comes from. Things that happened while they lived in the house that Tony and Deborah experienced, but also the crew and investigators on the show experienced. Finding uh, pictures all over the house that are hanging upside down, melted down candles and burned finger marks on them, and uh, just multiple random photo anomalies, which, as we just discussed, could unfortunately be faked. We don't know. Why did they move out of the house immediately outside of the attackings? There was a specific reason. After a while, Tony claimed that he started feeling compelled to murder his wife. And he was scared he was actually going to do it, so they left. Did he do it later? No. Damn it. He did not do it. But he kept going back to the house to investigate. He was, like, kind of obsessed with it. But he would bring Hmm. back other investigators. The wife did not go back. Yeah. I don't think... I don't know why he would want to go back. He was the one being attacked. Right. Which is also... Which makes it sketchy. Right. Him and these other investigators, he had gotten to kind of help them out. I think it was four of them total. Okay. They had been building a relationship with the house essentially, to try to get the spirits to talk to them and tell them all kinds of stories because there's tons of, uh, what's it called, EVP? Yeah. There's, like, tons of EVP sounds that you can look up online because so many investigators have gone to this house, like, trying to figure out. Apparently, it's just so active with spirits. And most of the time, people just get, like, nice spirits trying to tell them their story, Hmm. which is weird. And then other times, it's just, like, demonic as fuck. So it's more than just Sally and her mom. Oh, it's more than just Sally and her mom, but they're the most famous spirits in the house. Okay, okay. And they believe Sally's mom is the one attacking men and people in the house, mostly just men. Multiple psychics who have entered the home say that there is actually a demonic presence and that it's not spirits and that they think it's actually demons and just something evil and it's like tricking people, Mm. which is interesting which also sounds kind of more accurate because i mean not that i'm a demonologist or anything (laughs) but i am pretty well versed in horror movies and um ghosts tend to like not fuck with people like they can fuck with objects and stuff but for the most part they just kind of like let live Mm -hmm. and it's demons who touch you and like yeah do like malicious things to you well also a lot of these spirits told investigators like contradicting and when i say tell i make it sound like they had a fucking conversation i mean like the shit they're picking up from the evp trying to piece a story together and Mm -hmm. stuff like that contradicts at times Mm -hmm. i wish i had specific examples for you but unfortunately i don't so if you want to look it up do it yourself fair enough (laughs) um but yeah multiple psychics have told them that they really don't think anyone else should go into the house. They think people are just going to continue to get hurt and that it's a dangerous place to be. Owner of the house does not live in the house. He just leases it out to people. Mm -hmm. And I think right now it's actually a museum now. No one lives there. Mm -hmm. So I guess the owner's still making their money. So stop number two. Yes. So the investigators, including Tony, who had been trying to build a relationship with the house, one day went in twice. Uh, The first day was first day the first time they went in was during the day to communicate with the spirits they went in and they felt welcomed and energized and safe like they felt totally comfortable even knowing that their spirits there they didn't feel uncomfortable and then they gave small offerings and gifts to the ghosts and smudged the house to try to rid of evil spirits if you don't know what smudging is to anyone it's when you get sage and you burn it in your house and do little corner counterclockwise rituals Mm -hmm. and whatnot they left 
got some food, went over their photos, and then they received a phone call, who I'm assuming is from the owner. Did I got this directly off of their website. I don't know huh. who called, but they got a phone call. And the person on the other end was like, don't go back to that house. Do not go back at night. Just don't go back today. And they were like, nah, dog. If we were just in there. It was fine. So they go back at night. Upon driving up to the house, one of the investigators says that she saw a black mass inside the house. They felt a significant dread, doom, and heaviness immediately coming into the house, but they chalked it up to just the warning they received earlier, kind of playing with their emotions. One of the male investigators was brutally attacked only minutes later. When they went in the house. When they went in the house. Like a couple of dummies. Yeah, like literally minutes later. She told you. Being lifted and thrown four feet backwards into a door and unable to get up because an invisible force was holding him down. Like three people were trying to get him up and they couldn't get him up. They were not strong enough. He also... Was he drunk? <laughs> why would that make him heavier? I mean, it made you heavier though. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, why would that make him fly in the air four feet? Well, that's that's the one that doesn't really... So the door... Alcohol. He hit the door with such force that the door damaged the wall. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It was only the words, and the name of God let him go, that finally enabled uh. him to get back on his feet and flee the house in its grip. And now I'm out of it. <sighs> and so they, or so they claim. The group fled immediately and told the owner what happened. The owner confirmed that the door hitting the wall damaged it. But for many of the investigators, for some reason, they just have this super like this need and desire to return to the house and it's just very overwhelming hmm. so a lot of people who've investigated this house have all formed like weird connections obsessions with it okay and just feel this need to constantly go back to it maybe um, they just want cool stories bro maybe it's demons maybe it's maybelline so <laughs> that's the story of the sally house you can go to it um in kansas it's a museum now there's a lot of conflicting reviews. There's a lot of people who are like, it's bullshit, don't waste your time. There's a lot of people who are like, But do they go at night? Like, there's a lot of uh, different stories I read of people being like, they saw a man in the window and like all different kinds of shit. Huh. In. I'd rather find out myself. House. Yes, we can go. So we're going on a road trip. We're going to go to San Jose. I wish we could go to the Amityville house, but it's actually just owned by people. Oh. I would not want to live there. It's not a museum. I'm still shocked they never turned that shit into a yeah. museum. I mean, and it seems like a lot of people would just, like, go by there. Like, a couple of dumb kids being like, oh, let's go to the Amityville house. Like, that just sounds obnoxious. You want to know what's interesting to me is there's this one house. Okay, so you know the Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe? No. What? You don't know the Telltale Heart? I don't think so. Oh my god, girl. Okay. I might, I might, I just might not know what it's called. That's fine. The Telltale Heart is a story by Edgar Allan Poe. It's a long story poem thing. That's his spiel. It's a shtick where a man is like a live-in butler servant to this rich guy, but the guy is old and his eye is like glass or gone white or there's something fucked up about it. And it drives the servant mad oh i do so yeah, mad I that he murders him dismembers him drains the blood 
and hides the pieces under the floorboards. Yep. Immediately after the police arrived, because the neighbors heard the scream of the old man, he could swear he could hear the heartbeat of the old man and that it was mocking him, and he became convinced that there's no way the cops couldn't hear it and that they were mocking him by going along with it mm. to the point to where he went he was driven so mad by like the guilt and everything of what happened that he ended up confessing to the murder because he just couldn't take it anymore hmm. he like thought they were all making fun of him by pretending everything was fine um Did but that's based that? off of a real murder um, oh yikes that and there's a, and the house is actually a museum now but what's funny is it's not a museum for that It's just, here's an old house. Let's look at it like a historical thing. And the original story is, like, kind of (laughs) lame. Okay. It is an old man who was murdered, but not by his servant. It was by his... great niece's fiance and the man was super wealthy and was gonna leave the great niece a bunch of money but he was like if you marry this man who i think is awful and just using you for your money i'm not leaving you anything Mm -hmm. and so the the fiance absolutely was using her for her money and Mm -hmm. got upset and she was like and so she was like i don't care it's true love i don't need your money and so she told her fiance that and her fiance's like Actually, I'd really like that money. Yeah. (laughs) So the fiancé devised this idiotic plan where he breaks into the house, kills the guy, and destroys the will because he believes that if there is no will when you die that the money has to go to your family. Well, he does just this, but little did he know the man's attorney has a copy of his will. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that was all up in the papers, and that's the story that – inspired Edgar Allan Poe to write his dumbasses being dumbass and that man's house is a museum now but it's not a museum for that murder like they don't even talk about it when you go there like if you, if you ask them questions they won't talk to you about it that's so weird isn't that weird they, that's like the thing I'd go there for I know exactly and a, apparently a lot of people do and they just don't talk about it there they just show off this old house this is how rich people lived and during this time period well then I'm not going there yeah, basically. <laughs> he is not part of our tour. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm going to go ahead and do a few personal plugs. I got so many. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you listening to the podcast, you can join us every Wednesday at 9 p.m. on twitch.tv slash the tiger wizard. Gosh, I cannot speak. <laughs> Or 10 when Kelly is running extremely behind. Well, I I try. I try. We try. I mostly try. <laughs> I put in some effort. <laughs> um, if you want to watch us record these live, you're welcome to on twitch.tv slash tigerwizard. I also do a live Dungeons & Dragons stream called D4 on Sundays at 7 p.m. And if you want to... Just have lots of loud commentary while watching spooky movies with me and my friends. I do that every Monday on Twitch at 8 p.m. And is there anything else you might want to talk about? Um, I mean, I don't have any regular, regularly scheduled programming, but you can find me on twitch.tv slash atomicxkitten sometimes when I feel like doing stuff. Um, <laughs> also, I'm on Instagram at kittenmittens. It's also like mittens, so kitten, M-I-T-O-N-S, if you want to check out. We do like cosplay stuff and just pretty pictures, so. Pretty pictures. Pretty pictures. A lot of fashion. Some of it's fashion, some of it's just 
weird lifestyle <laughs> bullshit. So, yeah. But I'm the Tiger Wizard on all platforms. The Tiger Wizard. But also, fun thing. This Saturday, I am going to be on Adult Swim again. Ooh, yay. Yeah. That's exciting. So, the midnight premiere of the first episode of season four of Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, I am in it. So, if you want to check me out on Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, pray to God they don't cut me out. I still don't. No, I'm in the scene where the resolution of the episode happens. It's impossible for them to cut me out (laughs) unless they completely refilmed it without me. But anyways, check me out. Check out your pretty face. It's really funny. I love it. It's a little disturbing and uncomfortable at times, but aren't aren't we all? Yeah. Aren't we all? Relatable. Relatable content. Also, if you have any spooky stories you'd like to share with us. Or suggestions. Or suggestions. You can email us at podcast at gmail.com. Also, next week we're doing Alien Encounters. Aliens! So if you have any alien stories you would love to share with us, please, please, please do. We would love to hear what you have to say. Yes, please. Keep it creepy. Keep it creepy, guys. (laughs) Music by freestockmusic.com.